Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 508 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Uh, ben Fadden here, and I am joined by a special guest, Matt Devine of Divine Sports Gospel. Uh, he is on social media. Amazing stuff. Always on there. Big Padres fan. So uh, it is my pleasure to welcome on to the show today. There's a lot to talk about. So thanks so much for coming on, man. Absolutely, bro. I really appreciate you having me on. I've been following you for a while. And, you know, as Padres fans, right, it was, it was a tough season. But what's the best part about baseball is, you know, we got brand new off season. We got 162 games in uh, 2024. So we got to lock in. And, uh, you know, the past is the past. Can't go back. But uh, excited to talk about the future. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So this is live for anyone that is watching on replay on YouTube or listening on the podcast platform. So maybe news will come down while we're talking. Uh, it, it's been a wild day around Major League Baseball. So I'm always checking my phone and uh, on so, uh, the comment in the comment section. If you want to give your thoughts as well, you have any questions uh, that you want to you know, bring to the forefront. I will get to those as well. Uh, but let's start out with the manager stuff that has happened so far today. I mean, wild stuff was not expecting Craig Council to the Chicago Crazy. Cubs. Uh, Milwaukee Brewers now, they have a managerial opening. The New York Mets, they end up getting one of the Padres, what we thought was the fourth, Carlos Carlos Poza. Uh, it's just been wild. Do you think that the, uh, the Padres should have made a run at Craig Council? Uh, for me, it just felt like, the $8 million per year, which I think is what has been reported is what yeah. he's getting. That feels like a lot, especially when they probably didn't want to give Bob Melvin $4 million a year. Yeah, um, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I think the similarities between Craig Council and Bob Melvin are actually a lot closer than a lot of people um, think, right? So Bob Melvin, before Craig Council's uh, contract was announced today, he would have been the most or the highest grossing uh, annual uh, manager. It would have been four mil. Uh, the Cubs, you know, shocked the world, sort of. They uh, let go of David Ross, who is a honestly a legendary kind of member of their team. 2016, hits that home run. Like, so yeah. many things that are just, like, kind of out of the blue. I have some friends that are Cubs fans. They were shocked, to be completely honest. 
Craig Council, uh, probably it probably goes right now, 1A or just one is Bruce Bochy. And then if you talk to people around the league, um, they really think Craig Council is probably the second best manager in the league. You know, the Brewers didn't really give him a lot to play with, and he's made them a perennial playoff team, uh, although they haven't won a series in five years, but that's, you know, beyond the point. Uh, I don't know, man. I think for the pods, I don't think Craig Council is the guy, to be completely honest. I think Craig Council is a little too similar to Bob, um, you know, well-respected manager, absolutely. But we noticed with Bob, right? Um, maybe having a, you know, manager with a lot of experience isn't the best thing for this team, right? Bob Melvin's been, he was a coach for 20 years. You know, he has his way about doing things. I think for the pods, we saw last year, it kind of crumbled, right? A lot of egos in that clubhouse. We're not the first ones to say it. It's pretty obvious if you watch the team. Um, we need someone that can get in there and kind of just, hey, mend it. I don't know if that's Flaherty. I don't know if that's Shill. I don't know if it's Benji. Um, but of those three, I think all three of them have some, um, I think there's some amazing pros and there's definitely some things to be worried about, but um, I'll let you kind of get into those three. But uh, I don't know if Craig Council would have been the, would have been the great fit, especially with what you mentioned a little earlier about, you know, uh, I don't think the Padres should be spending eight mil on a, uh, on a manager with all the reports that have come out in the last couple of weeks. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, with these three candidates, because we can move past Carlos Mendoza, he's going with the yeah. Mets. Good Benji for him, Gill, too. Ryan, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, Benji Gill, Ryan Flaherty, Mike Schilt. For you, who do you think should be that guy? And we can go through the pros and cons of all yeah. these guys. For me, Mike Schilt, I think, is the guy, and you can still have Ryan Flaherty on the staff. I know people want to crap on Ryan Flaherty. Some people want to do that. First time manager, Jace Tingler 2.0, even though yeah. it wouldn't be. Because it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be the same situation. He's been in the building for years now and exactly. has that relationship with AJ and knows, hopefully knows what went, went wrong this past year. Um, but I'd go with Schilt, and then you can still have Flaherty. Maybe yeah. you have Benji Gill because the Angels, they're going to go hire a manager, and yeah. that guy might not want Benji Gill on the staff. So you could end up having all three of these guys in your coaching staff. I, I completely agree. I think um... – it's really interesting because uh, like, like I said a little bit before, right? You can go any direction and kind of make an argument. Um, Mike Schilt, right? I, I think he kind of got a, a short end of the stick in St. Louis. Uh, you know, look at what the Cardinals did last year. Um, you know, they, they, they weren't near the Cardinals are our entire lifetimes, right? Uh, they've been a team that, you know, are perennial world series contenders always in the playoffs. Mike Schilt leaves. Last couple of years, I mean, they had a good year two years ago, but they crumbled in the playoffs. You look, you're like, hey, like, you can obviously say, and a lot of Cardinals fans are like, oh, watch him, like, you know, mismanage the bullpen. Well, that's every manager, right? Like, right. there's every single Bruce Bochy made mistakes before in the regular season too, right? It, it happens. Oh yeah. Um, I like Mike Schilt. He has experience coaching, um, and I know experience is, you know, like that. The, the one thing that's the negative with Benji is he hasn't been a major league manager before or anywhere kind of close that being said he did manage and was extremely successful in mexico um i do think also that um you know B benji's experience being able to relate to players like on team mexico all of almost every player mm -hmm. talked about how great of a manager he is big deal having a manager that you know has that um respect of the clubhouse. I think all three of those guys have it. I think out of the three, it probably goes Benji and Ryan Flaherty above Schilt in the talk because right. I mean, Manny looks up to Flaherty, right? But then you also look, and I bet you probably agree with me on this. I don't know if we should be, you know, hiring guys to make a dude that 
is on our team for 10 years, regardless, happy, right? Like yeah. I love Manny Machado. That's my guy, but we got to stop hiring people because, oh, well, you know, this guy will like him more, right? Like that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It also, like Bob Melvin would still be our coach if we just hit a little better with running runners in scoring position, in my opinion, yeah. right? Yeah. So you look, it's like, I want a manager that we won't have to have this conversation again for a couple years, right? We've had so much turmoil. Is that on AJ? Probably. But if you got, you know, AJ's getting another shot, let him pick the guy. Hey, this is your last shot. If yep. you want chill, if you want Flaherty, do it. Don't hire anyone else. Don't hire a guy because, oh, I think maybe this could work. No, you get one last shot, right? You hire your guy. And if you want him to be a puppet, hey, man, go for it. Because this is yep. your last shot, right? This is, in my opinion, right? Like, I, you can't consistently underperform and then get so many opportunities to hire managers. So who I would take, I'd probably lean in all honesty. I'd probably lean Flaherty. I don't know why I feel like he he's, he seems like a hungry cat. I like Schilt a lot, a lot too. And I feel like you might agree with me. Any of these three, I think will be, um, I would be happy with any of these three. It's not like I'm like dreading like any of them to be the manager. Right. And yeah. I, yeah. Where I'm at right now, where I'm at right now with it is, I'm not going to be over the moon about any of them, but I'm not going to be like, oh, what the heck is AJ doing about all of them? Where with Flaherty at the when this first was happening and Flaherty's yeah. name was being mentioned, even when Bob Melvin was still managing the team in like August by Bob Nightingale was being floated out there. I'm like, okay, there's something wrong here. Yeah. If that's already being, you know, done. Uh with Flaherty initially, I thought that, yeah, okay, first timer. I, no, I don't want Flaherty. Yeah. But AJ's contract's up in three years, and a manager goes usually three years on that contract. So line them up, they're together, and just like you said, like I want AJ going with his guy. I don't care what anyone on social media thinks. He shouldn't care what I think. He shouldn't care what you yeah. think. He shouldn't care what anyone thinks. Well, maybe what some think maybe, in that yeah. front maybe, office. Maybe that one or two goes, people, yeah, but, but I, I completely agree. Yeah, like go with your guy. If you want Ryan Flaherty, then go with Ryan Flaherty. And you, if you're confident in him, then you should be able to confidently explain your decision at the press conference. Couldn't, and, couldn't you know, agree more. I, yeah. I also think we just can't have this conversation of, you know, oh, AJ and the manager didn't see eye to eye two years in, right? Yep. And, and when you mentioned you had a great point of like, hey, I wouldn't be over the moon, right? So I remember I was up. Uh, like post work, I was I was getting beers with a, a couple coworkers when uh, Bob Melvin news dropped. Right when I went on Twitter, I have a couple friends from college that are big athletics fans. So they call, they text me, and they're like, "You guys just got the best manager in baseball." Just so many great words, and I love Bob. I, I thought he was a really good guy. The last couple of weeks has kind of turned me off him a little bit, um, but I think overall he's a really good guy. He's really well respected. But you look, you're like, hey man. Sometimes you could be this legendary coach, right? And, and oh, wow, he's so good at managing the A's. The A's and the Padres are completely different teams, right? The A's yep. are a team, when he was managing them, a lot of young, really hungry prospects that, you know, are playing in front of 15,000 people. You're the second team in the Bay Area, and it's not even close. This was also when the Warriors were killing it. So everybody yep. cared about the Warriors. No one really cared about the A's. The Raiders were leaving. There's so many things where the A's were probably, you know, fourth or fifth um, biggest attraction to anyone in Oakland. So they were really good, but you win a hundred games and no one cares, right? You have to win in the playoffs, right? The Dodgers prove that every year. You can win a hundred games, you lose in the playoffs, you know, you just get shit on on Twitter, part of my language. Yep. But 
That's kind of how it goes. Bob comes to San Diego. We're the only show in town, right? A lot of pressure. First year, we make it to the NLCS. Incredible. If you would have said last year that we would be on this conversation talking about this, I would have been like, no way. I remember listening to Ben and Woods. They were saying, uh, last year I was biking to work and they were saying something like, oh, if we have to have that conversation about like Bob Melvin leaving, like that means everything went wrong. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we're here, right? And that's the (laughs) kind of where it's at. But dude, this team, um, you can't convince me that when the Arizona Dimebacks make the World Series and they won two more games than the San Diego Padres and we had objectively one of the most disappointing seasons of all time, you get a guy in there that AJ can work with and that the team respects and we let it run, dude. Don't trade Soto. Don't do any. There's so much. Be- Find a couple pitchers, right? Everybody's like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're not re-signing Walker or Lugo. Go find the Waka and Lugo this year with Ruben and those guys. Hey, also, Michael Waka really had a fantastic season, went healthy. People forget, missed two months. His shoulder is definitely a, like, that's, shoulder issues don't just go away. Mm. 16 mil, hey, if he comes back, give him a little cheaper contract for a couple more years, I'm all for it. But 16 mil next year, we can't afford that right now. Like, allocating the prices, I think we're in a, I mean, I'm a, abnormally optimistic fan I, I you you are as well because that's all we really have um but I think we get the right guy in there man I think we I think we let it roll I'm, I'm really excited yeah for sure yeah before we continue talking about the future here I yeah. wanted to just look back briefly because as before we you know went on here we agreed like it's time to move on here I feel like I've been talking about this Melvin stuff for a long time now yeah Melvin Preller blame doesn't do anything to talk about it anymore, but like, who would you blame more for this? And it's not just one or the other. Yeah. And I definitely understand that. But I, for me, I'm on the AJ Preller side. Yeah. But Bob Melvin definitely deserves blame as well. Like, he's someone that gave up on this team. Like, the Padres he gave up. Can, he can say that. It's he gave not up like, on the team. Yeah. Padres may have not really wanted him, but he didn't want them either. So he left. He's going to the Giants now for a much longer contract than he had here with the Padres. And he said, oh, maybe I'll be done after this. Well, now you're going for much longer with San Francisco. Um, But, you know, AJ, they both had the opportunity, and this is where it comes down to. They both had the opportunity to make things better, and it didn't seem like they wanted to do that. Spot on, Ben. I mean, you you hit the nail on the head, man. And your, your point on, you know, Bob saying, oh, this might be my last, you know, year, right? We just learned from today. If today taught you, if you were, you know, a baseball fan and you heard all of these quotes from, you know, the owner of the Cubs talking about how much he loves David Ross or how AJ is like, oh, Bob's going to be our manager next year. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt until opening day 2024. Just take it with a grain of salt because things change like this. Everybody, you know, wants to seem like the good guy when in reality it's business, right? Um I think it's two things. I think AJ Peller seems like he would be awful to work for if you have any sort of uh, differing opinions. I think mm-hmm. he's a one-way guy, and if you you know if you're a yes man, he's probably awesome to work for. To be completely honest, he seems like a fun guy. Like I'd go out with him. He seems like you know, hey, if you're winning and you know the pods are rolling, he seems like an awesome guy to work for. Yeah. That being said, he doesn't seem like he's very good at taking other people's opinions. Um, Bob Melvin, with his history as, you know, a manager with a lot of success, what three-time manager of the year, um, he has ways to go about it. I think that should have probably been discussed when they hired him. I hope that it was. I don't know what happened, but 
winning cures all. And we saw that in 2022. Losing is when shit hits the fan. We started to lose, you know, two kind of alpha males. Who's going to blame who? Easier to keep Preller than it is to keep Melvin, right? Because, you know, uh, you get rid of AJ Preller. That's I'm not saying it's going to be a rebuild city, but hey, man, after what he did last summer with handing out those contracts, you got to let him run through this next three years for better. Well, or it's years. not just that either. It's the entire front office. Someone's going to come in and want to have an entire new front office, Completely. minor league stuff, draft scouts. It's so you much. Can't, you can't do it when you have one more year. That. No, and you have one more year of Soto. You have Tatis in his pr- entering his prime, in my opinion. You got Manny in his prime, Xander in his prime, Crone hopefully in his prime. You you have all these guys. You cannot punt 2024. So if you were to fire AJ, that's punting 2024 and 2025 most likely. Uh, if you fire Melvin, you know it, it makes news for two weeks. But now he's you know now he's the Giants guy. It, it's all good. I think Bob. I think he quit on us. I understand. I've had you know. Everybody's had a bad boss in their life um, where you're like, or a teacher where you're like, man, they're really out to get me, right? Like this relationship just doesn't work. I think that, you know, they felt a little adversity and an opportunity arised and he left. And unfortunately, you know, going to his hometown team in SF, hey, if I was, you know, the Giants coach and I had the opportunity to move to be a Padres coach one day, I get it. That being said, Optics look a little bad, um, and I will definitely be rooting against the Giants more than I usually do. Um, yeah. I like, like I said, I like Bob Melvin as a person, but that was a little bit of a whack move to, you know, in the press conference. I remember you posted the video, and he said, "Man, I remember looking across the dugout and saying, one day, hopefully, that one day." Me off. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, and and we're both, you know, San Diego is a us diehard San Diego sports fans. San Diego is a nice town, man. Everybody's laid back. Even the craziest person is like pretty laid back compared to other sports cities. If something like that really angers like majority of San Diego, that really is just, that's probably something you you messed up. You shouldn't have said that, right? Like there's certain comments that kind of like, I've heard Melvin say in the, in the past, like today he, he tweeted or there is an interview and it was like, oh, if the Giants sign a little couple stars, like we're going to get our identity back. Brother, you had every star imaginable you had the galaxy you you had the milky way in san diego the stars aren't the issue if anything you can't manage stars right like i'm like he kind of pisses me off on that and you know in reality whoever stays with the pods is usually who i'm gonna roll with so preller's my i'm gonna i'm gonna roll with preller because if if preller would have left i would have been like all right bob like i'm rolling with you but you kind of just you gotta gotta rock with whatever uh whatever is going into 2024 I think Preller gets one more shot. If we miss the playoffs again, I think he's going to get canned. Yeah, but here we can go back to the manager search that way. Like, yeah. do you think that maybe this managing job is a little bit less appealing to some people, some outside candidates? Because realistically, they could only get one year here. If it doesn't work out, Preller could be gone, should be gone, and then that guy probably gone because the new guy is not going to want that guy. He's going to want his own guy. So that's why you're probably seeing – the well, Mike Schilt, Ryan Flaherty, they just Flaherty wants an opportunity. Schilt, he wants another opportunity. He hasn't got a managing interview anywhere else. Yeah, and which is a little concerning, to be completely honest. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but right? like you're you're a coach of a you know historic franchise that made the playoffs a couple times under you, and you haven't yeah. gotten an interview since. Yeah, why is that? Yeah, yeah, and, that's. I yeah. mean, that's a real question. It, well, Don Tricker, 
I know he's asking that question, right? That's literally his job. Johnny Just T, why? that's his job, right? Why? He's asking a bunch that's of you. questions, thought-provoking. It's like, okay. That's you got to get on the Talking Friars pod, baby. You get you get a Don yeah. Tricker interview. That, that'll that that'll be your most viewed episode. We got to, you know, put the face to a name, right? I, I, I've seen pictures, but I, I still don't believe he's real. Yeah, well, Padres won't even let me talk to Don and Mud, so don't see that <laughs> happening. Um, okay. Yeah, so you're not done with Preller yet. You just think this is his last opportunity. Like, I I mean, shoot, with Breaking Tea, we sold the A.J. Preller shirts after the Juan Soto trade. Like, I yeah. love A.J. Preller, his work ethic. I love that. Like, I, I want that to be my GM, my president of baseball ops, someone that really cares that much. Absolutely. But it just hasn't worked out, and he just seems like it's re he's refused to change in some ways that he has needed to and like results have to speak louder than Absolutely. your text messages at 3:30 in the morning. Like that's great to have the work ethic, but at the end of the day, the results aren't there. Well, yeah, exactly. So, you know, um, remember in high school, right? Did you ever have like a friend that was like, Oh man, I studied, you know, I studied till three or four in the morning for this test. And then he gets like a C on the test yeah. and you studied or one of your friends studied for, you know, normal hours and gets like an A. Yeah. Does your friend that studied till four in the morning, like he doesn't win any, he still gets a C, right? Like exactly. that doesn't like, that doesn't change. Like just because you put in all that work, you just weren't efficient with your work, right? So you could be, you know, Preller's work ethic seems incredible. And I, people I think underestimate how he might genuinely be the best scout in baseball. Mm -hmm. um, I think, and you hit the nail on the head. I think he's very, he has a very hard time at, um, taking advice or taking constructive criticism. I think he doesn't allow or doesn't want other kind of opinions into the front office. I think he likes to run the ship. That being said, when you are the, you're not taking other people's opinions, you have to do well. Cause if you don't, then it's all on you. You can't be like, Oh, I blame it on this guy. It's hey, that was my decision. If that decision falls flat on its face, that's on you. So I'm with AJ, man. I, I loved your point too, about like, you know, like selling the t-shirts, like, Hey man, it, when AJ, when the pods are rolling rockstar GM, I'm all in man. And I never, and that's the thing. I think a lot of people on social media think that some takes that we have are, are personal. I have nothing personal against, you know, any of these players, any of these, you know, front office people, a manager, like Bob Melvin is a person. If I saw him on the street, I'd say hi. I'd be like, Hey man, like, right. Like I'd be like a huge, like, thanks yeah. for coaching, you know, ended weird, but I have nothing against these guys personally, but as you know, we're fans of the sport. We're fanatics. Fan means fanatic. So I want my team to do well. That's the reason why we spend so much time, right? We watch every single game. We watch spring training. We're spending our, you know, Monday, November 6th, talking about who we might potentially get as a manager. Like yeah. think that through there's, and there's, you know, you have a humongous following. Like there's people that really care. Right. And I think the San Diego fans, they deserve a winner. We deserve a winner. I think we have the team to do it. So yeah, whoever we get in there, if AJ's the guy, hopefully he is. Hopefully next year, right? Even year, hey, we get in there, we hit the ball run, hit the um, hit the ground running, and you know, I could, I would not be surprised if next year we win a hundred games, uh, and you know, are and have a shot at winning the NOS or win the NOS. I'm also wouldn't be surprised if hey man, we just fucking fall flat on our face and you know trade Soto and fire AJ. I could see both of yeah. those situations happening. And in a weird way, it's kind of fun, right? Where like, obviously, you know, 
I would love it to be just a consistent team that's always in the playoffs and always winning the West. But then you look at a team like the Dodgers, right? The Dodgers don't even blink. They know they're going to be in the playoffs. And you ask any Dodgers fan right now what they would think of the last 10 years, they'd be like, it's disappointing because they haven't won with with that with high expectations comes, you know, a lot of disappointment. So where the pods are right now is actually as as lifelong fans, I'm way more comfortable being here than where we were last year when we yeah. signed Xander. And before the season, everyone's like, pods are winning the World Series. Like pods, pods, pods. Now everyone's like, oh, wow, like they're poor, you know, like, oh, like they fired or they let Melvin go. Like, I like this spot because now it's like nowhere but up, baby. We're going to we're going to come in. These players better also have a chip on their shoulder because Bob legitimately said, I don't I can't work with it. If Bob really liked the team that much, he would have stayed in my he would have found a way to make it would have found yeah. a way to stay. That's what happens when hey, not to get too personal, but, you know, there's a lot of families, right? Stay together for the kids, right? Is that that's like kind of a. um you know, kind of a very like deep take, but like, it's true, right? Hey, sometimes, you know, you, you, you meet someone in your twenties, here comes the forties or whatever. You're not the same, but Hey, you have, you know, you have kids and you're like, Hey, I want to be there for them. Right. And then when those kids get to become adults, you can go and do your own thing. Bob and AJ didn't stay together for the kids. They couldn't do it. And now a bunch of kids like the Padres are going to grow up and be like, or be like, Hey man, when we play the giants, 15 times this year i'm gonna look across the dugout and like hey that guy left he left us he left us you can't say anything else except for the fact that he with a year left on his contract he wasn't a free agent like craig council he right. left with a year left on his contract to a division rival who legitimately has a way less talented roster than us yeah he went he to a left. division like, rival no went- hoping that they would get players like the padres have right now he bob didn't get the job done and he left the year. Hey, why didn't he leave after the um, NLD or NLCS year? Right. Like, hey, man, that you could have probably made, made more money leaving after that year. If you really if you really wanted to be the Giants manager. Right. You're like, dude, it's such, it's such bullshit that he left. Honestly, I, every time I talk about this at first, I'm like very like chill about it. But then this uh-huh. kind of gets me fired up. I'm like, dude, like. It, but but what's crazy is I honestly think. He just wasn't the guy to win us a World Series. And it, it, and I think we figured that out last year. I don't think you come back after such a disappointing season with both AJ and Bob and they chose AJ. So you had to let Bob go. You couldn't run it back with the same two dudes. My dad, like very casual Padres fan. And he was shocked when we brought both of them back when he, when he, he texted me, yeah. my brother, he was like, yeah, that makes no sense. Like it's pure business, right? Like if you, you can't bring back the CEO and the CFO of a company that missed their, you know, financial projections four quarters in a row, right? You right. got to let one of them go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get to Juan Soto. Um, yeah. I am on the camp, obviously, of keeping Juan Soto. I think that you cannot sell it to your fan base that you're trying to go win a World Series in yeah. 2024 if you trade Juan Soto. When you, A.J. Preller, said at that opening press conference that you were getting him for at least three pennant races, and that's impossible, but to only get one out of it, like, come on, like, you cannot. Worse. That would be such a bad look. And you're not going to get anywhere close to what you got or what you gave up to no the Washington way. Nationals in that deal. So play it out. If things aren't work and work, they're not working out. You can trade them at the trade deadline. But like, I just you have to try to win. This fan base cares so much. They showed up so much in 2023 just to get disappointed, and we can't go into this next season and not have Juan Soto 
in this lineup. I just can't see that. It's, it would just be it would just be a terrible look on AJ Preller. Yeah, and I mean Ben, you have the exact. I mean, you have, in my opinion, the right take. Uh, obviously, we both have the same opinion. Uh, but uh, yeah, man. I mean, dude, you you gave up a king's ransom for Soto. Twenty twenty two, it worked. Twenty twenty three was a huge disappointment. He wasn't a disappointment. I mean, he's an incredible baseball player, right? Like, let's just be uh, point blank. He's a future Hall of Famer if he stays healthy. Um, his, if we could hit with runners in scoring position, his season would have looked a lot better too, right? Like, By the way, did you? I was looking time. at his numbers. Did you see his runners in scoring position numbers from this year? No, like, were they good? not? Yeah, it was. I think almost three hundred. Well, it was. Just... It was other guys, like not to single out Manny, but that's just a guy that I Manny was Manny compared. was terrible with runners in and scoring position. Good. Xander yeah. was terrible with runners in scoring position. Crone couldn't hit with runners in scoring position. And then there's other guys in our lineup that just couldn't get on base, right? Like yeah. Christian Nola just couldn't get on base. There's so many things where you know just basic, you know, basic stats show that next year we're going to be way better. You look at a team like the Marlins, they went like 21 and five in like one run games. Don't call me out on this. It's a live show. I'm probably wrong on that statistic, but their, their one run game score um, record was insane and they make the playoffs, right? Beat us by like three games. You look at the Padres historically awful in one run games, historically awful in extra inning games, basic statistics, regardless of a manager show that we will be much better by like at least 10 to 15 games. Like, honestly, we had so many, and I don't know if it's a manager or what, but Soto is trading Soto with a year left on his contract is like trading, you know, uh, it's kind of like having Barry Bonds when you're on the Pirates and like, you know, trading him, right? Like it, yeah. you, they didn't trade him or whatever, but it's like a different story. But Juan Soto is, you know, he's a generational hitter. There's a reason why everyone considers him a top five hitter in baseball. He's 25 years old. If you trade this guy after giving out contracts to Xander Bogarts, who's 30 when you gave him out his contract, Manny Machado, you extend him for 10 years, Jake Cronenworth, you give all of these guys, you Darvish, all of these guys a ton of money who are way older. Then you have a generational player similar to Tatis. Thank God we have him locked up because he would have been, <laughs> that would have been the friend. That would have been, yeah, I don't even want to think about that. You, you, you just can't, you can't trade him. You can't. And I don't care what offer comes in, right? Because like you mentioned, Ben, giving up James Wood, giving up Mackenzie Gore, giving up Robert Hassel, giving up CJ Abrams, who's, I honestly think CJ is going to be an all-star in the next two years. He was, he's showing glimpses last year. I'm like, he's going to be so good. We gave and the up, power is just starting. He, he could hit, he could legitimately be a perennial 30-30 guy. And yeah. we gave him up as part of this humongous trade and then whoa, oh wow like congrats we got the yankees number two prospect the yankees number five prospect and the yankees number nine prospect yeah it's like, i don't know no, no I, i'm not least, gonna lie i i will if let's say they trade juan soto to the yankees right for dominguez dominguez I jason dominguez's name come up i'm gonna be like oh wow okay that's the one but that's he's the not one gonna contribute to ears. this padres team next season really because he's having surgery and like i'm trying to win in 2024 because we have Juan Soto on this team. We have all these guys in their primes on this team. Like, yeah, I, I just easily, don't want to waste could, another year. We could legitimately win the World Series next year with the right, with a couple, you know, good, solid um, moves. The rotation's a little sketch, to be completely honest. Yeah. But the lineup, if we can bring up, you know, a guy like Jacob Marseille or uh, 
you know, these kind of uh, Grand Pauly, like some of yep. these interesting cats to fill out. Look at look at the Texas Rangers. The Texas Rangers last offseason. I think people don't talk about this enough. They go balls out and get Jacob DeGrom, paying him all this money. Holy shit, the Rangers are all in, right? Jacob DeGrom pitches, what, fucking 16 innings for this team? And they win the World Series. How? Who batted third for them in their last game? Evan Carter, second round pick out of high, 21 year old, second round pick in 2020 or whatever. Like, baseball is a weird sport, man. And you trading Juan Soto, give just end 2020. We're not making the World Series in 2024, but you keep them and you play a year. Guess what? One, fans are still going to show up. Two, you never know, man. Some crazy stuff happens, right? Yeah. Hey, you bring up a dude like a Grand Pauly. Or like, yeah, Jacob Mars, hey, he becomes our eight hitter with a little pop, right? Like a Cronenworth-esque kind of come out season. Then Cron comes back and he's more comfortable after, you know, got paid his first year, comes back. Manny, Xander. Xander, with it, when Xander's wrist is in barbecue chicken and he has a couple of those uh, shots in there, he's pretty good. His yeah. stats were solid, man. He, he carried us in April. Like, I was a huge Xander guy. He had an awful middle of the season. Then he ended the season well. You just, like, long story short, you can't trade Soto. You can't. Yeah. And people may want to make the comparison. Well, I mean, no Bryce Harper in 2019 and the Nationals won the World Series in his first year gone. And it's like, well, look at what the Nationals had. OK, yeah. they still had Anthony Rendon in like his best season ever. They yeah. had Juan Soto. They had Trey Turner still. They had Scherzer and Corbin and Strasburg and the bullpen and starters that could go into the bullpen and pitch in relief. Absolutely. Like they had a ton. Like a Howie Kendrick. Who exactly. Was absolutely clutch. Like they that have a ton. Fun. They had a ton of talent on that team. The Padres don't have that rotation right now, so it's, what, it's hard for me to really listen to that opinion. And again, I'm like, that's one of those things where it's baseball. You never know what could happen. That's going to happen with the Padres, where they deal Juan Soto and they go win the World Series in 2024. Yeah, be, I just yeah, don't I'm, see I'm that. I just don't <laughs> see it happen. I I agree. I think if we do trade Juan Soto, which I really really just do not want to do um one i think if you do you have to wait till the trade deadline and then secondly um you got to try to get a dude from you know seattle one of their young starting pitchers that's controllable that has potential to be you know a perennial arm in the rotation because honestly i like where our farm's at i think robbie snelling is going to be an absolute dog i don't think we should be trading any of those dudes I think hopefully Lesko has a really good season. And then you start seeing some arms come up where you're like, okay, this is going to be a guy. When was the last time, Ben, when was the last time the Padres had a homegrown pitcher that pitched in our organization more than starting pitcher, more than four years, homegrown starting pitcher. Trying to think of one. Yeah. Maybe PV. At the big league level. Maybe PV. Stayed healthy. Like I'm not talking about, yeah, like I'm, talking I'm not like talking about Adrian guy. Morahone or something like no, that. Like a, yeah. like a real guy. Yeah. Who? I mean, PV comes to mind. That's, that's and that was Ben, dude. That he won he, 2007, bro. Yeah, come on, like it's almost it's been over 15 years. So the pods, there's a reason why some teams, you know, we 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 gotta start keeping some of these prospects. You can't just always trade and hope for the best. Hope that this guy. So like a guy like Robbie Selling and all that stuff. I think you keep Soto, and then hey, if we have a terrible start to the season. It'll be very easy to trade. You'll get something back, and then, hey, we're on to the future. But you can't trade him now because that just gives the fan base no hope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Biggest offseason priority 
is what? Starting pitching for me. Starting I mean, pitching, number uh, one. Jim Bowden said bullpen the other day, and I'm like, come on. Sure, it's a I priority. I like Scott Barlow but... as a setup man, bro. Yeah. I, I think Scott Barlow and Robert Suarez, I think two things that I really want. Number one, give me the, you know, Lugo Waka of um, next year. Like, give me a guy. It doesn't have to be Aaron Nola, right? I mean, I'm like, I don't need like, to get. We... Yeah, Flaherty, Severino. Yeah, give me a Flaherty type, even though I heard he's kind of, you know, I've, I've heard he's not the coolest dude from some of my friends. But, uh, you know, give me a Flaherty type. Give me a guy who's like, hey, give me one of those weird AJ Preller contracts where he's like, all right, three years. First year is a team opt out. Like one of those like weird ones where everyone's like, how, how are they doing? If this? you suck, you can stay. If you get hurt, yeah, you can stay. Exactly. If you're really good, you, you can go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So give me one of those. Let Ruben cook. You know, if I'm a pitcher, if I'm a Jack Flaherty type or a Severino and I need to, you know, hey, I want one more big contract if I'm Severino or if I'm Flaherty, I want to reinvent myself because Flaherty was looking like he was going to be a $200 million pitcher when he was with the Cardinals. Yep. Hey, you come to San Diego. Flaherty's an LA guy. You know, you come back home, you work with Ruben Diabla, you get one year to play on a really good team in front of a lot of fans. And hey, who knows, right? Look at Seth Lugo was, you know, I only knew Seth Lugo really because Frank the Tank used to rant about him whenever he would blow a save for, or blow a lead for the Mets. And then he comes in and he's one of our best, you know, starting pitchers. He was awesome this year. Yeah. So get some starting pitchers. And then another really big thing, and I don't know if you agree with me, I need a lefty out the pen that throws gas, bro. I need a guy like a lefty that can get a strikeout because right now I look at our bullpen and there's no one in that bullpen lefty wise that I'm really like, oh yeah. Like, you know, if Ray Kerr comes in the game and this guy's up, like he's going to get him out. Right. Like right. If Freddie Freeman's up, you know, bottom of the six runner on second and third. Who, who are you bringing in to get one out? Right. You look yeah. at the bullpen yeah. right now, there's no lefty that I'm like, and I wish he wasn't a, had his issues off the field because Chapman would have been a perfect dude that I would be like all in on bringing like an Araldis Chapman type into um, the bullpen. A guy, a lefty that just or a Jose Alvarado. I think he might be opting out of his contract yeah. for the Phillies. Like a character like that, like like need a guy like that because right now I trust Barlow. I trust uh, Tom Cosgrove. I like, but he's not the yeah. wipeout kind of pitcher, right? That you come in and bring. It was, Cosgrove, he was like I Steven love. Wilson, right? Like he at the beginning he was, and then they got used to it, and it was a yeah. little bit and, less. And I think Steve's yeah. gonna be good, but Steve isn't the pitcher that you bring in in that spot, right? Yeah, I right. need a guy that I we need to do that. You know, you bring in and like kind of like what a Robert Suarez was when he first came up, where you're like, oh shit, like you bring him in with a runner on second and third, and he gets the strikeout, right? We need a couple more of those if Suarez is gonna be our closer. So I think pitching is number one priorities because I really think the lineup. And with our farm system and a couple of those guys ready to go. Um, I don't think the lineup make a couple changes, bring back Cooper. I would trade Grisham for try try to trade Grisham for like a starting pitcher of, you know, a low caliber starting pitcher with a little control. And then and you're and moving, you moving Tatis to center or are you going with someone else in center? I would, I would either, you know, look, look for a internal option and see if those guys are ready. And I think you'll know by spring training, to be completely honest, I think you don't trade Grisham until around then. But, hey, if this dude Marcy or whatever, Jacob Marce, is just tearing it up in spring training. Trade Grish, try to get a piece or so back, like, you know, some, like, four or five starter from a team with a, two years of control. Because Grish, I love Grish, man. He was my mom's favorite player, or he is my mom's favorite player. Um, girls love Grish, by the way. I've heard multiple. My girl, everybody loves Grish. Um, he just can't hit. He just hasn't, you, you know, like, he just hasn't been able to, 
hit enough for where his his glove is so good, but you just need his bat to be oh like even like little less than okay. And it's been yeah. so bad. And he kills so many rallies. He doesn't do his job at the plate that you gotta probably try to try to upgrade that position because you just can't have an automatic out there. That was kind of like when we had Austin Nola, right? You know, you he, when he was hurt, he was hurt. We found that out. But like, yeah. you know, every time Nola was up, it, it, it's an out, right? The, the other team knows that. So I don't know. We got to figure it out. Well, who would you, if, if you could replace Grisham with anyone, would would you look at, I know Kevin Kiermaier is a free agent, but I don't think we're going to be spending that type of money. But that would be a perfect guy that I would be like, imagine having Kiermaier in center. That would yeah. be exactly the type of dude I was looking for. And this is me probably being biased just from watching the postseason. And I think that Tatis probably should just be in right field because yeah. he wants to be in right field. He's amazing in right field. It's a lot of room out there at Petco in right field. But if they move Tatis to center and you bring back Tommy Pham, if he's willing to come back, like that's something where it's like, wow, okay. Talk about urgency, Tommy Pham. Yeah. Not going to let stuff slide when things are going wrong, Tommy Pham. That's stuff that I point to. Jerks and Profar should not be starting every day, no. but that's someone that I want back probably on the bench. Um, I would as love an option, back. That, can play, that can play multiple positions. Uh, Michael A. Taylor from the Minnesota Twins. If you're going to have Tatis play center field or right field, Taylor's not going to give you a ton of offense, even though it was – for Michael A. Taylor standards, it he was pretty good. He had a pretty, pretty good. good season last year. Did yeah. he hit, how many home runs did he hit? I want to say a little less than 20. But it wasn't yeah, like really, terrible. I remember I was I was impressed with um his he's always been incredible uh defensively. But you 720 yeah. OPS, not the worst thing in the world. Um with yeah, and 21 home runs. Like hey, that, if you give if you give us that with that offense and with guys on base. Yeah, I, I just think that. that he's comfortable in Minnesota with Buxton there. That's not like they need a center field. You can't just have yeah. Buxton be your center field great. option. So I don't see it really happening. Um, but yeah, for me right now, I'm still leaning towards the Padres are just going to run with Grish again in center field. Um, but, and anyone that I see, I see a lot of let's trade Grish for starting pitching or something. Well, okay. Then, then find that trade who is going yeah. to give up starting pitching controllable starting pitching. Cause we don't want a one year guy controllable yeah. starting pitching for a guy that's hitting 200 less than 200, whatever it was this year and hit, has occasional pop. He's good defensively, but they can go get that probably somewhere else from a guy that's going to hit over 200 and not strike out as much as Grish is going to. So, like, it's it's one thing to bring up, hey, let's, let's just trade for something that we need and trade away this guy that sucks. But, I mean... Who's gonna get? Who's gonna do that deal? You know, it's it's. I can. It's I tough. yeah. I I completely agree. I think with Grish, it's this idea that you know, like, and I've always been a Grish fan. Like, I I mean, yeah. him. I can watch that guy play when, center field all day. He's incredible, and and also I'll never forget. You know, I mean, I wouldn't call him Mister October, but that Met series was yeah. like. That's. I mean, we 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 don't have much as Padres fans, and there's some things that will always, especially kids our age as we grow up right like we're gonna you know hopefully have families i'll be like oh you you weren't there for when grish went crazy against the mets right like we weren't supposed to win that series and he went he played like barry bonds like peak bonds um i think he has it in him i think maybe a change of scenery might be the best thing for him um i don't know i just he looks like a guy that you know you know driveline right where you yeah. hear these guys in this like there's something that it's there right everyone's seen it i just wish it was there more um 
but yeah, I don't know. I would, I wouldn't be surprised if we keep him. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, looking at the rest of the team, I'd bring Gary back two years, you know, however much, nothing too crazy, but having Gary and Luis Campusano pretty much secures that position for the next couple of years before Salas comes up. Like that's exactly all we need. Cause last year for the first half of the season, that was the biggest, you know, liability position was catcher. Mm. Like Nola just wasn't getting the job done. You know, people were stealing on us like crazy. Gary came through and he was awesome. Luis Campusano showed signs of being a real like franchise type catcher, which is yep. exactly what we need, right? We haven't had a guy like that in a long time. Um, so yeah, I would look for maybe, uh, you know, I, I'm looking up right now, Randall Gritchick's available, kind of a character like that wouldn't hurt, right? Like a fourth outfielder type that can kind of yep. help. And if he's, you know, red hot, have him start over Grish. Um, but yeah, we'll see, man. I, I don't know. I, one thing we both know is that Preller does a lot of things that we won't see on the horizon. Right. And I think that's the best part. Like we'll be, you know, chilling, watching TV and get a Jeff pass notification that Preller dropped a, dropped a bomb. So I'm, yeah. I, I can't wait for it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I see in the chat here, Otani, uh, we need Otani. He brings fans revenue. Padres need revenue. Okay. Show a- Otani. Like, <laughs> Of course, if we saw that notification pop up, Padres got Otani somehow and landed him, and Preller goes in and he's talking Japanese, and yeah. it all works out. Like, wow, we would be ecstatic probably. But I think a lot of fans would look at it as like, okay, we just gave this dude $500 million or whatever, and we don't know if he's going to pitch long-term. We need starting pitching. He's not going to be pitching in 2024. We're signing him to be a DH for 2024, and who's – Who's going to be pitching for us in 2024 still? Yeah. Like there's going to be that question mark. That's another huge contract that's being given out. So that means Juan Soto, you're not paying him. Yeah, you're gone. Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> good. Uh, Otani. Otani's not going to go play the field. Like he's DHing and pitching. There's just question marks there. And especially money wise and the stuff that's coming out, like Preller, the Padres can't sit there and be like, oh, those are anonymous sources. Like that's not correct. They can't yeah. do that about this. Like, we know what's going on here. At least some of the information that's coming out, we know some, some of it, what's coming, what's going on. Yeah. Like, it's just not a fit. Yeah. Just, he's, he's not going to be a Padre. I would the scary be. Part, the scary part is, I'll let you go. The scary yeah. part is Dodgers, Giants, like those are two teams right there that are in way better position to sign Otani yeah. than the Padres are. And that could be like the just nightmares scenario where like Otani goes to the uh, Dodgers and Snell goes to the Giants with Bowmel and it's like what are, yeah. what's going to happen here you know yeah I mean the harsh reality is exactly what you said right um Padres are not in the spot to get Otani as much as a like you know dream it would be to have him um I think he will stop pitching within the next three or four years. I think just as he gets older, right? Like it's tough. He's already had a couple arm injuries. Yeah. He's has Tommy John right now. Um, I think your point on, Hey, we have X amount of money to spend. You have to allocate it smarter because we learned last year and pretty much every year uh, of Preller's <laughs> Preller's last few that being the rockstar GM or winning the off season doesn't necessarily always translate to winning baseball games. Nope. And I feel like I could speak for both of us and 99.9% of the Padres fan base when I say I'd much rather win a lot of baseball games than win the offseason. So sometimes the smarter, more low-key moves are the moves that really help in the long run. Um, 
I would love Otani to go to, you know, the Yankees, right? Like, I really hope he doesn't go in the NL West. Yeah. I think right now he's probably going to be a Dodger. Um, and, you know, what we learned from the Dodgers is, hey, if Otani's not pitching, that's not what they needed, bro. They needed they need some arms. They they get their their guys get hurt all the time. They were pitching Lance Lynn in a crucial, you know, winner go home game, and he gave up four home runs in the same inning, right? So you look, yeah. you're like, hey, okay, congrats, you got Otani, right? Like you're you'll now win 116 games instead of 103. Like that doesn't, you know, I'm not worried about them. I'm more worried about a team like you mentioned. Like if he goes to the Giants or a team like that in the NL that has like something cooking, um. I really hope he goes to the AL or stays with the Angels, but we'll see. I think we just need to make smart moves, right? We have the star talent. We don't need any more stars, right? No more egos. Give me some guys that can, you know, fill out the lineup, fill out our rotation, and get a manager in there who has the trust of the front office, and I think we'll be in a good spot, man. I think there's too many too many egos, too many cooks in the kitchen last year, and I think this year, if you simplify it a little bit, Tatis is coming off of a pretty much a full season. I don't think a lot of people were giving him as much credit as he deserved. And the fact that this dude literally didn't play baseball for a year and a half comes in, has never played a full healthy season and pretty much didn't miss a game. So yeah, I was Tatis, impressed. Yeah. And it's like, I think Tatis will have a very Acuna esque 2024 where Acuna 2022 was coming off that ACL injury. Didn't have the best year of his life. Um, 2023 comes in, you know, 40 home runs, 70, uh, 70 seals. Do I think Tatis is going to get there? I'm not, I'm not saying he is, but I think with his talent and, you know, an off season of preparation, sky's the limit, right? And have him play another year with Soto. Worst thing that happens, man, if you don't trade Soto, hey, you tried, right? We went in. That's we what tried, I'm saying. No let regrets. Him go, yeah. And guess what? All that money that we would have paid Juan Soto, we spend it other ways. That's the thing. The, the ball keeps moving, right? It's not like, oh, if we trade Juan Soto, our franchise folds, right? That's not it. But if you trade him right now, you're telling your franchise, hey, we do not think we're going to win in 2024. And that just can't happen. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, before we end here, just going to free agency and we're talking yeah. about Otani and dreaming and all that. Like, <laughs> I don't want to talk about a dream free agent, but like the, I guess, kind of dream. Realistic free agent that you would want the most is there a name that kind of jumps out to you right now realistic free agent so i'll i'll give you a um little bit of a dreamer free agent and then i'll give you a more realistic one uh i would love cody bellinger to play center field for us and i think really okay that defense of uh you know having a juan soto cody bellinger fernando tatis jr outfield would be absolutely incredible i think belly is a player that, you know, got a new change of scenery was you could tell when he's playing his best baseball, he's one of the best players in baseball and having a former Dodger on the squad it makes that little rivalry a little bit, it gives it a little bit more oomph. Right. And yeah. I'm all for that. Um, so I would say he is probably the, the dreamer one. I don't think that's going to happen. A more realistic one that I think could be pretty cool. Um, I think he's going to end up staying with the twins, but I think a sunny gray type would be really, yeah, really nice. Thank you. Yep. I don't, I don't agree with that. He's going to stay with the twins. I don't see the twins paying him, but yeah, yeah sunny gray. That's a guy where I know that there was what it was one postseason game that he got roughed up. Yeah. But that's a guy where it's like, man, that seems like the ultimate innings, competitor. Bro. Yeah. Innings. Like that's a guy where it's not, he's not going to get as much money as Yamamoto no. or Snell 
but that's or or Nola. Yeah, and he's thirty four. Someone that, yeah, and it's it's someone though that probably is going to get more money than maybe what the Padres want to give out. Yeah. So that's that's where it's like, I would love to have Sonny Gray, but I just don't know if the Padres are in that right spot. They're in the right situation to bring Sonny Gray in. I, um, I what agree. about like a like a a one year type guy? I mean, it's crazy ooh. to say this. I think Justin Turner would be a perfect fit. Yeah. And like yeah. people are like, damn, I can't, you Dodger loving. I'm like, no, man, he's exactly what it seems like the clubhouse is missing, bro. Every team he goes to, everyone's like, oh, yeah, JT is the leader of the clubhouse. Like, we need a guy like that, bro. Like, we need to do that. You know, we have the stars. The stars are not the issue. San Diego is star central. We need a guy that the stars look up to. And when he says, hey, we got to do this or like we got to, you know, if let's say Schultz, the manager, hey, Schultz said we got to do this. Like, you, we got to we got to rally behind him and someone that people listen to. That's what we were missing last year. Like, Carp wasn't doing that, right? Like, and right. I like Matt Carpenter. Like, he seems like a nice enough guy. But, like, he's not the dude, right? Like, he's not. We need a guy that could actually play, right? Like, yeah. a guy that's actually going to. The Nelson Cruz, Matt Carpenter, DH. Give me a DH, like a J.D. Martinez type that, like, actually will come in here and, you know, hit 30 home runs and be a, be a fan favorite. Like, I think we were missing that kind of, um, that person on the team. Yeah. And this is one where. I don't know who I should compare him to that the Padres have done in the past where yeah. they bring in like Corey Kluber, Ruben Niebla. Yeah. I think he has history with Corey Kluber. Obviously Niebla worked in Cleveland, the well, organization Cleveland, yeah. for, a, for a long time. Carlos Carrasco is a free agent as well. I believe um, something like that, where it obviously wouldn't be expensive. It's yeah. obviously going to be on a one year deal. That's probably not going to get the fan base super excited, but it's one of those where, I mean, it's Ruben Diebla. I trust the guy. And you know the talent is there. Are these guys past their primes? Probably. But I yeah. can say Michael Walk is past his prime. I can I, say a lot of guys are past their prime. And they still can deliver, you know, one year for Absolutely. Padres. Yeah, and man, uh, these guys, right? Hey, we, I think, underestimate how awesome of an opportunity is to play in San Diego. Yeah. In front of a sold-out park every single night, right? Like, you have a pretty... You're like a Corey Kluber type. You got what? A couple more years left in the bigs, if that. And you had the last four years, five years of your career has been, you know, tough. Let's be honest. You went from a Cy Young, you know, winner, multiple Cy Young winner or whatever he was in Cleveland to having some brutal years in Boston, you know, Tampa, all over the place. Yeah. You come back with your old pitching coach. You get to play in front of San Diego. You're nothing. Get no expectations more than a four starter, right? Hey, maybe you find something, right? You eat innings. You're well-loved by the fan base. Thing with the Pods fan base, man, if you play well and you accept San Diego, look at fucking Jorge Alfaro, bro. Like, Jorge oh, yeah. Alfaro still gets talked about. Like, yeah. if you own it and you you really buy in, like, you're going to be beloved by this fan base. And I, I think there's no better place, right? Like, um, I saw the chat, Luis Severino. I think Severino would be perfect. Give him a one-year deal. One year, yeah. 11 mil, however much it costs. That, that's not a, a hitter's ballpark. So no. you talked about earlier, Flaherty, Severino, guys that probably trying to get back on track, try to get a, a good contract after they get back on track. Yeah. You can get back on track here with the Padres for this year, and you could be pitching in some pretty big games. Absolutely. I think the offense is going to be better, so you'll have some run support, hopefully. I, I think that's, that's a good combination I, for those type of guys. I'm excited. I think we're in Preller 
is at its best is when we don't know what's going to happen. Right. Um, I think he knows now, hopefully he's learned that, you know, being the talk of the town during, uh, the off season isn't always the best thing. Um, and a, yeah, like a deal, like a, you know, a Severino deal or like, uh, you know, if Frankie Montas gets healthy, right. Or some, some like a, yeah. a cat like that, that, you know, isn't the one that we're talking about. Isn't in MLB, you know, Jim Bowden's top 25 free agents. Right. But like a right. guy that can come in, give us innings. Right. Hey, with our defense, we got, our team is littered with gold glovers, man. We got Cronenworth who could probably win a gold glove at three positions. Kim just won utility gold glove. Tatis is a gold glove right fielder. Um, Manny Machado. Xander plays an okay shortstop. Like our, our defense is solid. So if you're a pitcher, right? Pitcher's stadium, like, why not? I and yeah, I think I think we're gonna get a guy like, yeah, like a Severino or a Flaherty or a Frankie Montas or you know, even like a James Paxton type, where you're like, all right, like one or two years, let him cook and have them if we can have another year where we turn a guy like a Michael Walker or Seth Lugo into a valuable free agent after we're going to become a destination spot with Ruben Niebla. And they just opened that point Loma um, biomechanics center for pitchers. Hey, Ruben's the key with us. Keeping Ruben matters way more than Bob. Like (laughs) I, without a doubt, any true fan knows I would, I would, if I had to save one without hesitation, I'm dropping Melvin. Right. I'm Niebla is the guy he's changed so many careers and, and players love him. You know, the fan base loves him. So, Hey, I, I think we're going to make some good moves this off season. And um, I think 2024 is going to be a lot better year. I think so too. All right. This was really fun. Talking for hours, episode 508, Matt divine, divine sports gospel. Thank you so much for the time. Just a reminder to those that are watching on replay or live listening on the podcast platforms, remind people where they can find your stuff on social media uh, before I get to the partners of the show here. Yeah, absolutely. And and thank you so much, Ben. I really appreciate yeah. it. Uh, this was a really fun, you know, I love talking, uh, talking ball. And I really do appreciate you letting me on your platform. Um, so yeah, we're on Twitter. Our Twitter name is uh, divine sports gospel. We're on Instagram, TikTok, uh, same name. And then uh, we also are on, you know, if you get podcasts, um, we post probably once, once a week. Um, and yeah, we're, we're on Spotify, Apple podcasts, all just under divine sports gospel D E V I N E. Um, but thank you again, Ben. I really appreciate yeah, it. Man. Of course. Yeah. So real quick, seat geek code talking for hours, $20 off your order there. Your first order there underdog fantasy, 100% deposit match up to $100. Click that link in the description, breaking T great Padres Aztecs. They start their basketball season tonight. Can't wait for that. Go uh, wave. Also, they just got eliminated, but they had a very Good successful season. season. Yeah, I mean, another huge step forward there. You can get your shirts and sweatshirts there. Breaking Tea, click the link there. Gaglone Bros, main sponsor of the show. Have you tried them at Petco? You know them, Dude, right? I got Well, now I've seen them. I, okay. I, I feel like I need to I need to lock in, bro. Do we, if I go up to them, do, can I say, can I get the talking fryers? Do you have your own sandwich there yet? I don't have what? my own sandwich, but they'll <laughs> definitely know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Joe, yeah. Joe Gaglione, he's been amazing to me. So, uh, yeah amazing cheesesteaks they have the cheesesteak fries as well so check them out there main location on friars road and then foco they got some padres bobbleheads and collectibles there as well all right that's going to do it everyone talking friars episode 508 who knows when this manager decision is going to come down it's been a hectic day around major league baseball and this offseason is just getting started the gm meetings happening this week so cannot wait and definitely we'll have uh matt on again here 
later in this offseason. All right, that's going to do it. See everybody.